Hey, just a warning. The audio quality on this one is not the best, and I apologize in advance. And next time, I'll just make sure that everything sounds a-okay before I edit two hours of recordings. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to City Place. I have an interesting episode for you today. I'm bringing on a friend. My name is Amada Swah, and um, I'm here to do some extra talking today. Um, so just tell, I guess, the audience, you know, my two listeners, about maybe like your professional background, education, or like what kind of job you currently have or whatever job you're working on. Um, okay. Well, you know, um, I went to Pembroke, UNC Pembroke, and... Um, graduated with a degree in environmental science and a, uh, a concentration in sustainable agriculture. And I use that concentration a lot uh, through my job working at a plant nursery, a large scale commercial um, plant nursery um, um, in, in North Carolina. Carolina. And uh, I basically work with plants. Um, currently I do merchandising, um, through Home Depot. So I like take care and make sure the plants are watered and whenever we have orders, they're shipped out and stuff like that, or they're put down on the display. So what started your interest in plants? Like, was it like a family type thing or did you just kind of go, you know what? I like plants type situation. Um, I've always, I guess my family has always been very nature, outdoor oriented. Um, um, but, and but, so, so I've always, I've always grown up, up like outside, outside. And doing fishing and hiking and stuff like that. And um, both of my parents have been really big stewards of the environment. And I kind of learned from them. And originally I was a lot more about the animals. But then I realized that I, uh, I'm definitely a, a tried and true tree hugger. And so I got more into plants as I, I went through college. Getting into more of the sustainable, not necessarily agriculture, but just sustainability. Like I'm not buying as many plastic products. I'm trying to mm-hmm. buy things that I can reuse as other stuff or using old clothes to do something else, actually recycling my packaging. I don't know how great they actually are at recycling here, but, you know, at least I mm-hmm. tried. Yeah, tried. The eff- putting the effort in is always, like, super important. How did you stumble upon sustainable agriculture? Well, we already said you already had an interest kind of, like, from the beginning. But, like, is there, like, one thing that said, I'm going to really get into this? Well, I guess the real thing that happened for me is that originally, as I said, like I was really into like animals and biology. And I, I, growing up, I wanted to be a vet for like the longest time. And um, my first semester of college, I was, went into, um, I went in like, to this call this oh, private college because they had an equine which is like horses and they had like a horse um 
it was a minor in equine studies. And I really wanted to work with large animals as a veterinarian. So I thought that this would be perfect for me. And But I didn't do biology. I There wasn't a zoology course to pair with that. And so instead of doing biology, I switched to environmental science because I said, you know, I like, I like plants too so why not do environmental science but the whole time I was gonna end up switching and still doing um like being a vet but the more I got into my um major study studies in um my first year of college I noticed how much I really thoroughly enjoyed it and um I enjoyed the aspect of sustainability and the more I learned about um sustainable um, solutions and stuff like I've always I've been always an avid like recycler like, and um compost and like you know just everything trying to reduce that carbon, that carbon footprint. footprint and um uh, it wasn't until like I finished some of those classes that I was like man I really enjoy this major and um then uh, I changed then schools I and I um, still was on the veterinarian track, so I, I got uh, into the major of biology, uh, a zoology minor a major, just like I did and um, like I wanted to originally. Um, but then within looking at the class, um, like the catalog that you have to take to complete a, um, a degree, I realized that none of those classes were interesting. As interesting, at least, as the environmental science classes. And then I saw that they had a sustainable agriculture, and that paired in for me with, like, the large animal aspect that I was interested in. We should have started off with um, the most important thing. What is sustainable agriculture? Oh, well, sustainable agriculture is a lot of things. Um, it's really boils down like if I'm simplifying it it's the practice of techniques excuse me the practice of techniques that are um that oof goodness gracious it's the practice of techniques that um are that highlight conservation and not just highlight it but um are centered around the conservation and in sustainable agriculture, it, the, you're usually trying to conserve things like topsoil, which is, um, you know, one of those resources that are um, non-renewable. So the conservation of uh, topsoil, water, and also another part of sustainability goes into the um conservation of the natural land like a lot of most sustainable practices try not to disrupt the environment around them like there are lots of sustainable practice um not sustainable but conventional practices in agriculture that really don't put any care into what's happening like the land use around your farm or your whatever agricultural system you have. So um, to boil it, I guess to sum it all up, sustainability, sustainable agriculture is, you're just trying to conserve what you got for what it is. Okay. I kind of had to, I mean, I 
vaguely knew what sustainable agriculture was before I asked you to come on here. So I just kind of like Googled stuff. I was like, okay, so like permaculture, I, you know, honestly, I don't know what some of these words mean, but <laughs> like permaculture, biodynamic farming, hydroponics, which I want to get into. Yeah. And then like, yeah. I even saw stuff like urban agriculture, mm -hmm. agroforestry. I don't know what that is. I'm going to be honest, but if someone would like to look into that, feel free agroforestry I just kind of looked it up I'm also this probably is not even necessarily sustainable agriculture but where I'm at there is an abundance of snow which also means there is an abundance of salt and ice melt which is not particularly good for the environment and we put down Especially like fresh water systems yeah we put down a lot like a lot a lot granted we get like a foot of snow so it's pretty i understand why but i'm wondering like if there are other methods besides putting down the ice melt because i've seen like um like nordic like kind of european places where they get a lot of snow they put down like coffee ground coffee grounds and like sand and stuff i'm just like yeah they put down sand i've heard that why can't we, why can't we do that I mean, I guess we do. I guess we do put sand down. We put sand down, but also ice melt in other places because my car looks like absolute trash right now because yeah. of said sand. Yep. Because and then another thing is, it there is, um, even though it's not really thought of that often, but you there is like an erosion pollution basically where yeah. you have like sediment pollution where you have an excess of sediment in. Um, a water system that can also have negative impacts. So it's kind of funny, and I know I have seen products, like ice milk products that market that they are safe for animals and water. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of probably like tweaking the formula and not really going for as much ice milk and a little bit more environmentally like less negative like repercussions because I think ice melt um hurts and um I keep wanting to say amphibiotic <laughs> but that's clearly not a word but aquatic systems is what I was yeah once it gets into the water system it kind of like messes things up yeah, I you know it's oddly enough I actually think I got into that about um it was my episode called lawns and why they suck uh, we mentioned something about how you you said something about ice melt. How mm. some are marketing themselves as like pet friendly. Um, yeah. I'm also noticing that a lot of products are marketing themselves as organic. Now, if that's necessarily sustainable in a sense, possibly, maybe, maybe not. Do you do you think like brands? What am I even trying to say? <laughs> Do you think all the brands that are saying they're organic are actually organic? No. no. I don't think so. The process it takes to be certified, like, organic, it's actually, like, um, uh, like a USDA, I think, handles it's it, so but, hard. like, organic certification. And it's, and it's dumb so hard for yeah. farmers specifically and, like, anyone producing anything because every one every of your one sources, of your sources has, has to be organic. organic for you for to you like to be like, able to be labeled organic and then 
the thing is, the like, thing is, situations, like, like, if you were an organic farmer and you're trying to get your certification, but you lived in a place that everyone around you is also farmer, but they do conventional tactics, there's a very large chance that you won't even be approved as an organic farmer because of, like, um, pesticides can be um, moved around through water systems and the air, and you can get, like, a pesticide drug onto your farm and then they'll test it find the drift and then it'll cause you to lose your license or not be approved for one yeah I thought that was kind of I thought that was I I looked into it I don't remember why you know honestly I look into so many things I don't even remember what I was looking for originally when I started but I saw something like you if you had a non-organic farm you'd have to wait like some absurd amount of years before yeah be i think it's like 10 years or something or seven to 10 years because the pesticides the ld50 well not ld50 but the half-life of the pesticides isn't low enough to the point where it's undetected yeah it was very long and then i was looking into oh i want to have this type of garden this i was thinking about having bees and then when i was looking into having bees it was talking about how bees could transport their pollen to other plants in the area and then it would mess up the farmers like crops because they would be spreading more genetic material that they didn't want mm-hmm. over there oh yeah up. you're talking about with the um the g the, like the gmo seeds that they have yeah, like, they're like copyrighted and so um the like if you farmed and somehow their copyrighted version got onto your farm monsanto will f- will freaking like sue you because it's like you stole intellectual property for like copyright infringement and they've done a lot of like poor farmers that way from accidents and i'm sure some of it was on purpose but they really did the farmers wrong think having bees um like they're great for the environment but i don't want to be sued for my oh, bees i see what you did there what i do i thought thought that was a bee pun was it did i make a pun it's not, i thought you said i didn't want to be something let's talk about pesticides Yay. Hey. Oh, lucky said yay too. Woo. Um, we can talk about chemical pesticides, natural pesticides, because I think when you say pesticides, people are like, "Ooh, that's bad." But like, it doesn't yeah. have to be bad. I could be talking about copper fungicide, which is generally not very bad, as yeah. opposed. To- or you could be talking about mixing soap and water and a drop of vin and some vinegar yeah. in a spray bottle, and there yeah. you go. Exactly. I don't really have anything against seven, by the way. Like, you know, just predominantly people that are trying to do natural organic farming don't use seven. Although it's very effective. Just just say it. So what kind of pesticides do you use? I've used copper fungicide, soapy water. Nope, that's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah, oh, and I, I haven't even used that much. I've used neem oil. And like it was like a neem oil mix, you know, like I diluted it and did a spray because I had a um what was those things that I had? I think it was aphids. 
no, 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 no. They were white. No, no, no. That's aphids. Yeah, I had aphids, I think, on my, um, I'm trying to think of the, the scientific name, but I'm just going to say my elephant ear. Oh, caladium. There it is. Oh, my screen tried to close out. Um, uh, yeah, so I did the neem oil treatments, but the problem was I think I didn't dilute it enough. And the plant and the leaves were still like really fresh, so it ended up just, um, it ended up just like killing the leaves, and so I stopped spraying it. And then, but the bugs were still there, so then I just put the plant outside. But then winter came and it died. Oh god, that was a very tragic story right there. Very tragic story. Um, but luckily, I haven't had much issue with like any of my house plants with pests to the point where I need like pesticides. Like I've seen something's biting on one of my begonias, but it's not really causing much like strong damage. And um, I haven't even had any really bad fungus issues, even though um, the eucalyptus tree I had, I think was suffering from some type of like black fungus but it didn't spread to anything else yeah oh i have oh my begonia i have the cane begonia that has a like a whole nest of ants inside of it inside the pot but they don't really come out until i start watering the pot because then they start drowning oh no but i'm pretty sure they all survive they do that thing that you can't really drown an ant like they just they are they're like um hydrophobic something about them is hydrophobic i think it's like their surface tension is so great that they really just naturally float i always thought that was so cool i saw like an ant raft once i was like whoa yeah yeah they just do that they just hold on to each other like the definition of teamwork this was brought to you by bugs life oh my goodness bugs life partially sustainable agriculture but like what are things you could do or what are things you do to prevent or reduce prevent yeah prevent the carbon entirely okay i meant reduce your carbon um i guess for me what i do is i I try to like carport places you know the simple stuff um I really do want to get more into reusable bags, and I did for a while, but then I stopped. Ooh, I have so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. really on people about that. I was like, no, I'm, no, thank you. I don't want a bag. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm positive. Please don't give me a bag. <laughs> yeah. So, and then um, I also try to, you know, reuse products as much as possible, <laughs> and stay away from single-use plastics. I think that's one of the biggest things that I try. You go hard. So hard. But um, I try to use paper over plastic, or I always steer away from plastic materials, styrofoam, anything that's usually not able to easily be, like, recycled. Makes sense. I have so many plastic, not plastic bags, but, like, the reusable bags, like I used to do DoorDash, so I have a DoorDash mm-hmm. bag. I bought cooler bags a while ago. I have bags from Aldi. I have like those like really cutesy looking Japanese ones for grocery shopping. Mm. Like, if it's a fabric bag, 
with handles. Oh, I even use an Ikea bag, actually. That thing works wonders. Uh, you should get one of those. Ikea bags. Because they're big. Throw everything in there. Yeah. Yeah, like, those are great. And then when I buy water bottles, I buy them with the intent of reusing them. Like, I just bought, like, an aloe vera drink the other day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be perfect for my um next cleaning spray. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Get some soapy water in here. Okay. Yeah, I definitely I will say that, that the whole water bottle part is where all of my efforts kind of go to the wayside because um, uh, when I live, the water that comes out the sink is not really it's not really something I want to drink. So um, I, I buy like plastic bottles and I just try to recycle them. But, but I know that I'm that doing a lot of harm with that. I started buying uh, maybe like a Brita filter or something, or like one of those things you can fill up and it filters it and you put it in your fridge. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, but like, it's like, I think I I it's my like pipes are like really old and corroded. And I don't and think I, the, the Brita filter yeah, has okay. what I need to filter out like rust. Nope, that's not going to... Probably won't solve that problem. Yeah. Maybe like chlorine it might solve that now. In closing, you know, environmental science, anything that has to do with agriculture, it's not all all about having a degree. I think that's my biggest um that's I think my biggest word of advice, you know. In the plant world, it's mostly about ha- getting your fingers in the dirt, you know, if that's what you like, or having the actual hardcore experience. Because I found that, I mean, although I've learned a lot in the classroom, I've also learned copious amounts um, outside of the classroom when I'm working with farmers or working on my own plants and stuff. And that's the biggest thing about plants and even with like anything a live living it's about actually having experience with these living things because just like every individual person is different every plant's different and even though a piece of paper might say that this plant cannot survive in the direct sunlight you put that plant in direct sunlight and it might find a way to survive contrary to popular belief and I, and I think that is that a brilliant example of how, how things aren't always printed on paper, on paper the same way that they'll unfold in real life, and which and makes the experience, experience of, of like heart, like heart actual heart hands-on experience, all that more valuable, all the more valuable. Until next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> 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 <laughs>